in your pursuit of God, are you more interested in information or in transformation? Are you more interested in doctrine and theology? Or are you the kind of person that's just eager to get to the application? Let's see how this plays out in everyday life. Today, we're wrapping up our series in the book of Galatians, and we're going to land where Paul lands in chapter 6. See, in the first four chapters, there was a lot of information about the one true gospel. But in chapter 5 and now in chapter 6, Paul is getting to the application stuff. Remember, in chapter 5, Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit and how we as followers of Jesus don't just have a bunch of doctrine that's good and orthodox, but we have the Holy Spirit, God himself, living in us, and God changes us from the inside out. In other words, good doctrine should lead to transformation in our lives. And Paul finishes his letter by giving a couple of practical examples of what that transformation looks like. First, the transformation is relational. Paul tells the Galatians that true believers gently and humbly help people when they fall into sin. This hits at the heart of the central theme of Galatians. Remember, it's all about that sweet spot of grace. That when we live by grace, we don't fall into works-based righteousness on one side, but we also don't fall into living however we want to on the other side. But the question I'm sure that some of the Galatians probably had at this point is, well, then what does it look like when someone does fall into sin? You know, in our community of faith, what should we do if instead of living by the law, what the Judaizers were trying to teach the Galatians, instead of that, we live by grace, but what then when someone falls into sin? How do we handle that? And that's what Paul addresses in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 6. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way you obey the law of Christ. Expositor's Bible Commentary says this about this passage, Christians should restore the person who has fallen into sin, and the verb used here is a medical term used for setting a fractured bone. What is wrong in the life of the fallen Christian must be set straight. So what Paul is saying here is that when someone sins, you help mend them. You don't, on the one side, judge them and kick them out right away. But you also don't, on the other side, say, oh, it's no big deal. Sin is no big deal to God. No, actually, we saw in the last chapter that Sin is a big deal to God, and God wants us to live these new transformed lives from the inside out. And this transformation affects our relationships. It makes us more loving and gracious and kind to the people who need it. But Paul also says that this transformation is financial. True believers give to the needs of the local church. Now, this might be surprising to hear this at this point in his letter, but it's actually what these verses are about. Galatians 6, starting at verse 6. He says, Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. And what he's talking about there is paying your spiritual leaders, your pastors. And he wraps up the thought in verse 10 where he says, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. 
the context of this is probably what Paul had talked about earlier in Galatians 2.10 and what was happening at this period in history in the church in Jerusalem. Go to Acts 15 to see that. But the church in Jerusalem was struggling. And so Paul was taking up a collection for the believers there. And that's probably what he's talking about here. He's talking about the fact that the transformation, this Holy Spirit transformation, this inside out change that God affects in us should not just impact our relationships, but it should impact our pocketbooks as well. And sandwiched in between these verses is this famous passage about reaping and sowing. Paul says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Now, I have to admit that I've always looked at this passage as relating to a general principle in life that you reap what you sow. And I think it does, of course, apply to all of life. But in the context of this, Paul is probably actually just thinking about money. He says, look, if you put your money where your mouth is, if you give to the local church, if you give to the kingdom of God, rather than doing what is more natural to all of us, which is just to fund our own little kingdoms, he says, then it will pay off in the end. So your spiritual transformation is also financial. And really, this is the main point he's making. This transformation affects everything. Individuals, when they meet Jesus, become new creations who together become the new people of God. He says in verse 15, it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. And with these words, Paul essentially wraps up his letter. And what he's saying is that this change is an individual thing on one hand, but it's a community thing on the other hand. Remember, we started in the first four chapters of Galatians with Paul saying, please, you don't have to jump through all these hoops to become Jewish before you become Christian. We're not saved by works we're saved by Jesus and Jesus alone. Jesus plus nothing. And now he ties it all together with a bow. And he says that this changes all of us so that we actually do good works. But we don't do good works to be saved. We do good works because we've been saved and we're transformed from the inside out. So, so really our good works are a gift. Just like salvation in the first place was a gift. And who is this for? It's for everyone. It's for Jews. It's for Gentiles. Because these are the new people of God. It's not the people who are circumcised and therefore become children of Abraham as per Genesis 17. No, it's people whose hearts are circumcised, as Paul says in other places. And we're changed from the inside out. And it's because of our faith that we are children of Abraham because Abraham too was saved by faith. And so the ancient promised blessing of the Holy Spirit made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ can be accessed by all nations who together become the new people of God.
So as you're wrapping up the Galatians series, answer this question with your family, your small group, or your mentor. How has your faith transformed you relationally and financially and in other ways? And hey guys, I want to remind you that we have so many more topics and series just like this Galatians series over at PursueGod.org. It's all about sparking conversations that create transformation in your family, in your small group, or one-on-one with a mentor.